Sky Podcast Episode 6, Casual Chat About Uncasual Things. I'm Luke. And uh, I am the Tony. That almost sounded like a professional introduction, eh? It did, yes. <laughs> I think after uh, six episodes, I've got the you're na- nailing it. Yeah. yeah, the chair just squeaked to ruin it all, so mm. good. Um, good week? Anything Friday, paranormal? isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It is Friday as we record. It is Friday. Um, moved offices at work today. Okay. So I painted some walls, took a wall down and painted other walls. So really? Yeah. It feels like um, you get paid way too much to be doing that. Oh, I didn't paint the walls. <laughs> <laughs> you just said I painted a wall. Oh, they are. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I didn't mean it. I'm more, I moved some furniture in. Okay. Um, I did have to use lots of cleaning products because when they, they did a fantastic job of painting the walls, but they left like crumbly crap all over the new, all over our desks and everything. Right. Oh yeah. I was like, oh. So, and I sort of asked the question. It was, um, so, do we need to clean that up? And they're like, well, yeah. They spray and wipe on the cupboard. And I'm like, kind of haven't finished the job. Charming. But as you can see, casual Friday, and um, this yeah. is my casual Friday. Very casual. Yeah, your casual Friday is probably forty to fifty percent more casual than my Friday. Yeah. T-shirt and non-tucked in, whereas I'm shirt and tucked in. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the Friday though. If I've got like meetings with people, I'll I'll be slightly more casual. Sometimes even a uniform. But yeah, casual Friday today. If you have a funeral on a Friday, can you go casual Friday to a funeral? That's a good point. Depends on the person, I guess. Hate them. <laughs> Why are you going then? Spite. <laughs> to cause a ruckus. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, sure, I guess. You can wear, wear whatever you want if you're going to cause a ruckus at a funeral. What is, um, when people say that I'm wearing my Sunday best, is that like a church going outfit, do you think? I'd assume so. Yeah. Yeah. When I, back in the days when I was allowed in the church, um, I, I don't I don't really recall what I would wear. I, when I was an altar boy, they, they had some weird robe. <laughs> an altar boy? Yeah, altar boy. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't get molested, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I didn't ask. I could tell the look in your eyes you're asking, you were thinking it. <laughs> that's the next question. It's like, altar boy, ah, so you were molested? By it's what just thing? an assumed thing. You don't need yeah. to ask, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many of you molested? So controversial. Why are you talking religion again straight away? Oh, I love religion. Why are you doing this? Love, love controversial topics. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Right, so we should start off with uh, my hypothetical. I think I teased this one on Twitter, and um, I've been busting to break it out. I think it's quite a cool one. But your response will dictate everything. It might just fall flat, and um, we'll have to... I might just say, no comment, and that's the end of it. (laughs) And then we're straight into my my yarn. Yeah, no no hypothetical comment. (laughs) All right, so I'll throw this at you. So the hypothetical is, you can um, view... 
You can see the way that... You said just said view, now it's see. I'm really yep. confused. It's really... You've already, you've already completely thrown me. All right. Okay. You've baffled me. Okay, let me start again Unbaffled. then. Unbaffled. Unbaffled. <laughs> Consider yourself unbaffled. Command okay, Z can, and we'll start it again. You can see the way that you die. You know when and how. And you can completely prevent it. But... but. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a but. Yeah. Um, in order to do that, um, so possibly extending your life, right? You find out when and how you die. So it could be tomorrow I'm dying. Yep. Yeah. The only way to prevent it is to watch you being conceived. <gasps> oh my God. So it's like the big birth and creation of life versus the... <laughs> exactly. Okay. So let's let's break this down. So when you say watch am I like watching on like a TV or a monitor or is it just like my eyes are the view points and I can see no no it's like Ghost of Christmas Past where you're like standing in the corner of the room Can I? they can't see you can I cover my eyes no you have to stare at it there's no wriggling out of this okay you have to do that well, I, I wriggled out of it at the be- you know, beginning of life so <laughs> um this isn't your birth, this is your conception. I know, it's even, there were other things wriggling out of my father that um, <laughs> I guess created me. Um, so, if I really don't want to die. Yep, that's right. But seeing, my, seeing my conception may be what causes me to kill myself. So if the cause of this is suicide... This could be one of those, um, like, a paradoxical thing. Like, so the cause of this is suicide. And I'm like, oh, why don't I kill myself? Oh, because you can see yourself conceive and save your life. I see it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I see myself being conceived. I want to die. <laughs> I think I would do it. Really? But... Mm-hmm. I would take a very long holiday from seeing my parents. So you're gonna say shower. <laughs> well that. <laughs> okay. I think I would I would I would do it. Mm-hmm. I would not be pleased about it, but I don't really want to die. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is like you could go through all of that and it turns out your death was totally non preventable to be non preventable. Oh right, okay. So this doesn't, so this this doesn't save this, my life. This, this just says this just says that I can see how I die. If you got hit by a bus, you would know not to cross the street then. But if it was something like so, how much do I see of my death? Do I see like just like a split second of like like I'm like grabbing my chest and collapsing on the floor, or do I see like maybe I get like five minutes leading up to it, so I can see myself walking down the street? You know. Yeah, let's say you got a lead in. But you don't know what that is until you've watched the conception. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so I, I get a bit of a lead-in. So the lead-in could be um, something... Like, preventable. Or it could be something that I can't avoid. Yep. But you don't know. I do it. You do Because it? I guess if it's preventable, I'll save myself. If I can't avoid it, I'm going to die anyway. So um, I guess I'm happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or happy to be dead <laughs> because I haven't witnessed it. Um, but I would take a very, very long holiday and I would drink a lot of alcohol. <laughs> you lot. can't be drunk at the time. It's, you, you're saying you drink to get over it. To get over it. <laughs> and I would go see a therapist and say, so to save my life, I saw this. He ended up being able to save my life. Now I've got this thing. Mm-hmm. And they would either think I'm crazy or they'd um, give me some treatment. <laughs> Yep. 
what's the is there a surely there's a thing well I don't know do you think there's something that you could take a pill and it would make you forget later <clears throat> or it's usually those things like a, in surgery you have to have a before thing so that you stop remembering right? <sighs> man this is not a good one <laughs> it's a very good one at least it's only watching and not joining in. <laughs> That's, that is the positive you can take away from this. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um. Yeah. That. Uh, that. That would. That would probably scar me a lot. Yeah, I would. I would say it probably. But ultimately, scar me less than maybe say being my throat being sliced, which would scar me significantly more, <laughs> uh, both physically and mentally. Yep. Would I, 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 I? There's another question here. Though. I see my, I see the way I die. That could completely f me up as well. That's true. Because I see my death, and you're like, whoa. I think. Well, I think regardless, I'm going to be completely screwed <laughs> out, out of this. So yeah, I mean, the option is to see both your conception and your death. So at the end of that, you're going to be messed up. Yeah, I think. I think because it's either oh, I nothing. just, I just go through with seeing the death. Yep. Um, but the death could be. I die in my sleep as a 95-year-old, hmm. surrounded by my friends and family and lots of cats. <laughs> yep. Or it could be tomorrow being, you know, when I'm out on, upon the town, mm-hmm. uh, gallivanting around at this birthday. It could be I something get. really stupid, like you trip on a, I don't know, some piece of garbage and smack your head in the wrong way yeah and you go to be fair that, that seems like the way i would die <laughs> something basic as and clumsy no you'd be like getting smart to someone or trying to steal someone's hat or something it yeah, seems like something you'd uh, do i wouldn't steal someone's hat it'd be like i want to like, touch it clip <laughs> touch it or like clip a peg on it or something yeah and then for no good reason someone who has the beef and brawn that my uh, flimsy skinny white ass does not have yep. would um, take exception to it and would uh, yes pulverise me that's it actually that's probably how I would die at this point <laughs> in my life yeah. it would be that yep. I nearly got the police called on me and Patrick <laughs> one day when we were at some person's house and we she had and we I just want to say out there to the people who've been through Weight Watchers hmm. um, completely respect that because I've battled with my weight too and worked hard to you know, try and get the shape so I've got no thing but she had all the, the Weight Watchers certificates up in the fridge yeah and we really wanted them. So Patrick's a friend of ours that we went to school with, obviously. Yes. But obviously to us. But yeah, carry on. You really um, want to? You guys really want to? Well, he does. My sister. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> he does. Oh yeah. I suppose. Yeah. He's married no, to my your, sister. Yeah, your brother-in-law. His, his family does my sister. Your brother-in-law prior to. And he employs my father. <laughs> <laughs> he does too. Yeah. Not a, How not does a, that happen? Yeah, I know. Weird. It's, a uh, friend of ours from school is now married to your sister and employs your father. That's right. And he also employed my uncle for a while for him to fire him. <laughs> for gross misconduct. Oh, God. <laughs> that is messed up. Anyway. Anyway. Prior um, to um, being your dad's boss. Yeah, we decided we were a bit... We'd had a few drinks and we decided that we would um, we wanted all these Weight Watchers certificates off the fridge to put on our fridge at her house <laughs> just because we wanted to feel like we'd achieved something, you know? Yeah. So we, we took them all in and then I got busted taking... I think Patrick got busted taking one. Right. And what he does, he dropped them all behind me like they fell out of my pocket. <sighs> So then this girl went crazy and she's you're stealing from us what else have you stolen I'm calling the cops on you and Whoa. we just we just bolted <laughs> alright yeah 
Um, and another friend of ours was was there. Um, it was it was way back in the day when Vaughn was around. Yeah, and Vaughn never gets phased by anything ever. Like he has no emotion. He has no up. <laughs> he has no down. It's just flatline the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like this cool flatline. He didn't even care. <laughs> like most people would like you've like you've embarrassed me in front of my friends by stealing from them. Mm. I hate you now. So then we managed to reconcile and go into town with them, but it never really um, worked out that well that night. Brilliant. How did we get onto that again? Um, Cops called on you. That would end your life. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. I think I, th- I think we've we've we've, we've worked this one out. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to be scarred either way mm-hmm. from either the physical demise of my my body and soul mm-hmm. or the soul crushing. <laughs> Um, I guess melancholy feeling of having witnessed the moment of my conception. <laughs> not just the moment, like leading up to oh, it. Oh, well, we're not seeing. We need to see anything about foreplay. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Foreplay was a no. We never said it. Moving on. Shouty. Going too shouty. Sorry, quite shouty. <laughs> Let me cough. Um, one other thing as well, um, you're about to dive into your, um, what, do you, what do we call it? Uh, tales, of the, tales of the Mysterious. Okay. <laughs> you're about to dive into yours. I can see that the battery level's starting to get pretty low, so it's likely the mic will drop out at some point. I'm thinking we um, change it live on air, okay. and we just wait and see when it happens. And if, I mean, my mic will still be going. It's just the your mic's um, okay. battery. Okay. So you hear me in the background, but not there. Yeah, yeah. And um, and when it happens, just pass me those batteries over there, and I'll change it over. Sitting on my ergonomic mouse pad. Yeah. <laughs> so dive in. I have feminine wrists. <laughs> just hurry up. <laughs> okay. Um, this one you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. I don't know because it's, it's, it has been around in a few uh, a few thingamajigs. Um, I didn't think it was actually UFO related until I. Um, <sighs> well, it's not. I wouldn't say it's UFO related, but it's just one of the many many theories for this particular occurrence. Okay, because the whole thing was um, uh, you kept doing UFO and I kept doing ghost, so you decided we'll change it up and you wouldn't do a UFO. I'm but not now doing it's Uf- well. A- I'm not doing a UFO one, but it's, it seems that there's a there's an odd odd bit here when the, when this particular. Um, when this particular item that I'm about to talk about appeared in an X Files episode, uh-huh. it uh, Mulder assumed it was a UFO event. Okay. I do not think UFO. Okay, go then. I do not think UFO with this. <clears throat> Me. <clears throat> the brown mountain lights are a series of ghost lights reported near Brown Mountain in North Carolina and have been the subject of much mystery. And debate. For more than a century, locals, tourists, scientists, and researchers have been baffled by this weird and complex phenomenon. Most people think of the lights as wondrous, colourful displays on dark ridges at night. However, many also associate the mysterious enigma with UFOs, <laughs> underground bases, and conspiracies. Whereabouts is this located? Like what country? Around Mountain, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And they're not North brown. of um, South Carolina. <laughs> and they're not brown lights. They're just called the brown lights. The light. brown mountain lights, yep. as in brown mountain is the geographical spot mm-hmm. in which they appear. Right. The books... <laughs> 
sorry, the lights of inspiration for many books. <laughs> Just killed my ears and probably everyone else. Stop it. A terrible laugh. Sorry. Okay, the books have been inspiration for many lights, <laughs> documentaries, the Sex Files episode I spoke about, a movie, a thriving local tourism scene, Ooh. and uh, even country music songs. Now there are various country music songs about the Brown Mountain Lights. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. So um, we'll sort of delve into a little bit of uh, the history of, of where these lights um, came from and uh, where we are at um, today. So uh, Native American legends regarding the lights go back um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Yep. Should have said thousands. Um, in 1771, Gerard de Brom, a German engineer, recorded strange experiences while exploring the area. He was intrigued by unexplained sounds in the mountains. Right. Reports of lights exploded in the 20th century. So on uh, September 24, 1913, the local newspaper, uh, or lo- a local newspaper, published the article, No Explanation, Burke County's Mysterious Light Still Baffles Investigators. Mm-hmm. So 1913, over 100 years ago. The article states, The light rises in a southeasterly direction from the point of observation just over the lower slope of Brown Mountain. First, about 7.30 p.m. Again, about 20 or 30 minutes later, and again at 10 o'clock. It looks like a toy fire balloon, a distinct ball with no atmosphere about it, and as nearly as, as, and as, nearly as the average observer can measure it, about the size of a toy balloon. Hmm. It further records, uh, many have scoffed at the spooky thing, and those members of the Morganton Fishing Club who first saw it... God, I wish I was a member of the Morganton Fishing Club. <laughs> I think you you're, a, life, fishing, you're, you're right? a lifetime member of the Morganton Fishing Club. Yeah, let's... Yep. Say that. Who first saw it more than two years ago were laughed at and accused of seeing lights in the sky <laughs> as a result of common human frailty. Well, that's literally <laughs> what they did. They saw lights in the sky and yeah. then were accused of seeing lights in the sky. No, they were were accused of common human frailty, (laughs) 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 which I don't know what is. Uh, But I think that's a great thing to say. I can't come into work today. (laughs) Why not? Suffering from common human frailty. Mm -hmm. Mm. Happens to the best of us. But as more and more persons have seen it, various attempts have been made to explain the mystery. So that's a... One of those terrible newspaper articles from 1913, which yeah. is amazing words. Mm-hmm. Um, after this publicity, the lights were investigated at least three times by the United States government, once by the U.S. Weather Service and twice by the U.S. Geological Survey. Even the Smithsonian concluded an expedition in 1922. Mm-hmm. So a geographical survey that studied the mountain and its weather conditions for weeks issued a report, and it said that the lights were 47% automobile headlights, 33% locomotive of lights, 10% stationary lights, and 10% brush fires. What do you mean? That's what they're saying that the, the lights were. All the, they were all different sightings? So of the lights that they witnessed over that period, oh, yeah. that was the sort of breakdown of stats of what the lights actually were. So mm-hmm. now when I explain, it's like, oh, so most of the time it's um, car headlights. Mm. You know, then sort of a third of the time it's uh, trains and then sort of stationary lights and brush fires. So like a lamp light or, a, or some sort of fire. A train, you would think, given that trains are on tracks, would always appear in the same spot. Um, yeah, there's an idea of the light is refracted at the atmosphere oh, yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So um, many locals disputed the report and its findings. The lights had supposedly been seen long before cars and trains, so you know, dating way back into uh, ancient times. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus around 1916, a great flood wiped out the transportation routes and there were no cars or trains in the area for you know, several months. Mm-hmm. Yet the lights continued to uh, shine bright. In the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I was gonna. I was gonna I break knew into what song. What you were going to do? Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> <Just Harry. laughs> um, <clears throat> so this is where it gets a little bit kooky. Um, so in 1965, Ralph Lau, a local UFO researcher, published a booklet. I love the idea of publishing a booklet mm. called "The Brown Mountain Lights." He, he was a creative fellow. Yeah, sounds pretty. Mm. Um, if you were going to do a pamphlet on the brown mountain lights, what would you call it? Uh, shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> like a brown diamond? Brown diamond. Um, <laughs> when you hear a bit more about Ralph, and he's, he, he has, he's, he's very non, uh, non-imaginative with his titles. Oh, yeah. Um, you'll hear this later on when you hear the name of his uh, shop that he creates. It's very weird. It's called a shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in it, in his booklet, he claimed he had voluntarily cooperated his abduction by aliens on the mountain several times. Uh, his work anchored a widespread belief that the phenomenon was perhaps more extraterrestrial than terrestrial. Mm-hmm. This is reiterated in uh, magazines of the day, such as the December 1968 issue of Argosy Men's Magazine. The cover story about the lights was titled The UFOs You Can See Right Now. As in, they're unidentified flying objects and you can mm. see them all the time. Yeah, that doesn't mean alien though, does it? It does not, no. It means unidentified flying object. You are very smart. Here you go. You can have that. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, one of the most prominent investigations was done in the mid-1970s to mid-1980s by a team of scientists from the Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Laboratory. I was going to say laboratory and I laboratory and I combine them to laboratory. <laughs> they, along with a group called the Enigma Project, spent years analysing the area. Though they gathered a great deal of valuable information, they too were unable to conclusively solve the mystery. It doesn't elaborate what the valuable information was. Mm. I, I can't say what it was. They may have got a lot of phone numbers from local ladies at the pubs around <laughs> yeah. the area, yeah. which is very valuable. Mm-hmm. Figured so, out, figured out where the train tracks were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the sound a train makes: clippity clomp, clippity clomp, clippity clomp. It's like is that an animal noise? Yeah. After years of um, searching the area, they found train tracks. Train tracks, yes. Mm. Uh, which was later determined to be a road. Yep. So, mm, car headlights. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> really, really. Good it's a crossing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> and they spent years studying that. Okay, so I'll break into a bit of a description and some stories of people who have seen um, these blooming, blooming lights. Mm-hmm. So um, so usually the brown mountain lights are described as multicolored balls of light that either flare up from one location or move as a group through the trees. They are often reported flying or floating into the air above the mountain. The lights frequently begin as a red glow, flaring into white. They also appear as orange, blue, green and yellow usually a single ball of light is only lasted is only lasting for about um, six to ten seconds before vanishing but on, uh, on a rare occasion they can last more than a minute uh, especially when floating into the air above the brown mountain ridge that sounds like how you would describe fireworks if you weren't talking about fireworks that's a good point if you didn't know the word fireworks yeah yeah say so that sentence again and just think of it now. Now that I've said fireworks, think of what these words are. 
Where do I start? Uh, from the somewhere around where you're saying flaring. Flaring from. The lights frequently begin as a red glow, flaring into white. They also appear as orange, blue, green, or yellow. Usually, a single ball of light only lasts 6 to 10 seconds before vanishing, but on a rare occasion, they can last more than a minute, especially when floating into the air above the ridge. Hmm. Good point. Yep. Didn't think of that. Cool. Uh, we've solved it with skinny podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, toodaloo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right. Um, the movement of the lights is somewhat unpredictable. One orb can divide into several, the smaller ones eventually combining to form a large one again. They might seem to ooze around the trees and drift over the ridge, dwindle and fade away, or swimply, or simply wink and vanish. The illumination is often more often witnessed. <laughs> doesn't make yeah, sense. The illumination is most often witnessed from vantage points miles away. Because because of such great distances and the fleeting nature of the phenomenon, most people cannot see specific details. Hmm. Over the decades, a handful of people claim to have seen the lights up close. Uh, so let's go to 1982. Come so, with me to 1982. <laughs> I will not. Tommy Hunter. Mm, okay, fine. Well, you stay there. Tommy um. Hunter even claimed he touched one of the lights inappropriately while bobbing up <laughs> he touched one of the lights that came bobbing up to the Highway 181 lookout point was one of the lights an altar boy? <laughs> he and other witnesses <laughs> said it was a few times larger than a basketball, a bright yellowish colour and hovering three to four feet above the ground when he touched it <laughs> Hunter said he received... Are you talking about the, the fireball still? the fireball. What's his name, sorry? Uh, Tommy Hunter. Yep, go on. The, the main name may have been... Um, Sounds made up, Yeah. carry on. Yeah, it, 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 Tommy. it may be a pseudonym for somebody who... Um, <laughs> yeah. When he touched it in front of everybody, <laughs> Hunter said he received an electrical shock. The light dimmed, but it did not dissipate, floating back off into the woods. Another way of saying that is when he touched it in front of everybody, he felt electricity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, baby. <laughs> Others who claim to have seen a light up close usually give a similar description of how it appears. So um, we're going to meet Dottie Sher. What? Sure. You're like, share, but with an S. Sure. Dotty, sure. <laughs> and she tells a wee, uh, a wee tale. And um, come with me on this journey with Dotty. Okay. The first time I saw them, it was a cool fall night in 1987. We watched about five lights dance all over the brown mountain range, travelling at speeds it's impossible for a car to travel. Okay. We saw the lights like this several times where they would just appear and dance around for about 15 minutes, then just fade out. It really sounds like fireworks, but mm. over like hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. Yeah, so can't be fireworks, surely. But one evening the following year in 1988, my best friend, so her BFF and her then five-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. or my five-year-old daughter, I don't have a daughter, I'm talking about <laughs> Are I'm, you Dotty? I'm not Dotty. I'm Dotty. I'm not Dotty. Sure. <laughs> Went with me to the Highway 181 lookout. It was crowded there, and we couldn't see anything for after about an hour. So we and a young couple decided to give up and head to Table Rock. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that is in comparison. I probably could have done more research. 
When we got up there, everything was so quiet. The mountains stretched out below us, and we became very much at peace. And then Dottie clarifies, no, no, no one was smoking anything or doing drugs. <laughs> like, thanks, thanks Dottie. Uh, so they definitely were. They definitely were. <laughs> uh, it was just breathtakingly beautiful. After about another hour, we still hadn't seen anything. All this time to be sitting around, what are you doing, to be honest? Hmm. I leaned back and started looking at and pointing out constellations. Just as I pointed out the handle of the Big Dipper and the North Star, what appeared to be a very bright light fell out of the Big Dipper, came down and went to the top of the Brown Mountain Range, and then split into two lights, which then raced to either end of the mountain and danced and swirled around, splitting into more lights. We were dumbfounded. The other couple were sitting there with their mouths dropped open. Heyo! <laughs> what were what were they doing? <laughs> you know, when the lights split into several more, I can't tell you how many. We all started talking at once. It was quite exciting. Even my daughter was aware that something pretty magnificent had just taken place. We watched until the lights faded out. About twenty minutes later, we waited for about another thirty minutes, but saw nothing. And as it was getting quite late, we decided to leave. And we were out of weed. <laughs> this was a bit weird. I don't know why this is even in here. On the way down the mountain, through the trees, we saw what appeared to be a house on fire. As we came around a curve in that dirt road, we realised it was the trees on fire. I was driving. I just gunned the car through the burning area. Necessary. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Dottie's story. Okay. Um, we've got theories now, if you want to hear what some of these theories might be. There's a number of them. Mm-hmm. From the scientific to the strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, did you get the book out for later? Oh, no, I didn't actually. Uh, oh, it's just there. That's all right. We'll get that in a minute. What am I touching? Uh, Go on and, oh, other I think, books. I think I've got it. Is that the no? Down, down, down. Oh, got there, it. You got it. Oh, careful. Who's getting strange today? I am. Oh, I'm reading it. Oh yeah, so I'm getting the strange You're getting from the you, strange, yeah. courtesy of you. But this is later. What's the theories? theories? Okay, so there are places on Earth where unexplained ghostly lights sometimes appear at night. They're generally called spook lights, willow the wisps, foxfire, jack o' lanterns, ignis fatus, Latin for fool's fire, or simply Earth lights. Right. I think I like ignis fatus more. Is this kind of related to um, you know how? No. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Okay. Yeah. Famous examples are the Mafia Lights in Texas and the Hesterlin Lights in Norway. You know when there's like an earthquake occasion and occasionally I had thought about this, those earth, well, that, well, that big earthquake that happened um, up away in Kaikoura, north of here, mm. they reported seeing earth lights. Yeah, that's that. right. And that is, I'll, I'll talk to you about earthquakes in this particular thing in a second. So those earth lights, they are they like the ones that you said way back on episode one where everything lights up? Or is that like a bolt of lightning? When people report it in regard to an earthquake, it's it could be both. I think I think ball lightning is one of these options we'll talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, some claim that swamp gas, which is principally methane, which is a great UFO uh, explanation, Mm -hmm. um, released by dying plant and animal matter, spontaneously ignites and creates the effects. However, most enduring spook lights do not uh, not behave in a matter consistent with traditional gaseous activity. Mm -hmm. The brown mountain lights occur on the side of a mountain where no swampy areas exist. However, they don't appear gaseous anyway. 
when gas is released into the air, it spreads and diffuses into the atmosphere. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the brown mountain lights appear to be self-contained, concentrated balls of light, which can maneuver around the mountain. Mm-hmm. The lights can also be extraordinarily bright, even when viewed many miles away, seemingly far too bright for no natural gas to produce. Interesting. So that's that funny comments about gas. <laughs> <laughs> this um, ends the funny comments about gas section. That's right. <laughs> A weekly section. Many believe the lights are the product of UFO activity. In the 1960s, one local, Ralph Lale, <laughs> claimed he had learned to communicate with the lights via a telepathic mental connection and he was directed to a hidden cave nearby filled with crystals there humanoid aliens from the planet Piwam took him into space on multiple occasions advising on why humans must employ to save the planet like what well, I'd be like okay I'm going to space you're just being lectured by aliens like they're your parents <laughs> like oh I feel so it feels horrible this is a different guy to the one that wrote the brochure no this is the booklet guy this is the same guy this is the booklet guy right yeah um, so he's been lectured and told off by aliens yeah it's like effectively they're your damn parents telling you to bathe uh huh uh, it's like, okay, fine. Uh, the abductee even kept a small mummified body in the back of his local shop. Oh. Uh, and this is where I talk about him getting creative with names. Yeah. Uh, the shop was called... The Mummy Shop. The Outer Space Rock Shop Museum. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed it was the body of an alien. Upon his death, no one is sure what happened to this bizarre little creature. What? Um, along these same lines, Brown Mountain is specifically noted as an underground alien base in the book titled... Another creative title, Underground Alien Basin. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. That's my favourite. So, what year was Underground Alien Bases? Um, uh, I think it's 1990s. 90, I think it was 94 or something. Oh, yeah. um, the theme of the underground base at Brown Mountain runs strong, whether involving aliens, the military, or both. So over the years, hunters have reported military exercises and uh, equipment and uh, aircraft buzzing around the mountain and Humvees that vanish into the forest as if they disappear down a tunnel. Many researchers and phot- photographers photographers, <laughs> damn, cl- claim to have been harassed by all kinds of shady officials and men in black for snooping around. Okay, so um, men in black, do you want to just explain what that is? Yep, so Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones yep. starred in a 1998 <laughs> movie. So I think we've, we've spoken Men in Black before because I think I've used that same joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so shadowy government figures that are designed to keep lid, keep the lid on, uh, I guess, purported extraterrestrial activity or clandestine military operations. 1997, the movie was one. Um, yeah, they tend to show up after um, UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, can be seen on security camera footage on the odd internet videos. And yeah, that's it. Carry on. So why would the military be interested in Brown Mountain? Perhaps they are interested in weaponizing the energy that creates the lights, especially if it is a powerful plasma. Mm-hmm. And that's where I guess we go back to um, HARP. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Harpo, but that's Oprah's company. <laughs> she probably doesn't want to weaponize anything. Um, well, you never know. Well, well I guess weaponizing, I, I, I guess the, the... Popular culture. Yeah, the, the media <laughs> swarm for uh, yeah, her TV and network. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Another theory is that Brown Mountain is, is a portal that distorts the laws of physics and makes contact with other advanced realms easier. The idea that Brown Mountain is a psychic vortex is claimed in the book, The Spiritual Reawakening of the Great Smoky Mountains. So that's a better title. <laughs> um, opens a supernatural can o worms. Is Brown Mountain like a miniature Bermuda Triangle, swirling with cosmic energy? If so, it would explain why airplane pilots report spitting compasses as they fly over. Uh, $18.79 on Amazon. For the spiritual reawakening of the Great Smoky Mountains? Yep, I believe that's New Zealand dollars. Okay. Um, the you. other one you spoke about, what was it called? Underground Alien, Alien Bases? bases. Uh, not on Amazon. Okay, thank yep. you. <laughs> Sold out. Popular title. <laughs> yeah. um, there are countless stories of beings, little people, glowing fairies, a creepy pumpkin man, and interdimensional activity with uh, surrounded around brown mountain this is this is like the trees on um the nightmare before christmas there's an area where he's got like trees and each one is a doorway to another thing yep it's essentially that brown mountain um some have even attributed lights to giant flyflies fireflies or oh, or weird worms with flaming blowholes hey <laughs> So coming back to maybe a more grounded theory, is that the lights may be an electrically charged plasma similar to ball lightning. In this theory, the mountain stores up electrical energy over time, then releases it at a critical moment, where intersecting discharges merge to create spinning points of light. If so, this might explain why a man like Tommy Hunter, he's the one who felled up the light, mm -hmm. reported an uncomfortable but relatively harmless shock when he touched it. Those who have seen a light up close sometimes say it will tend to follow you if you walk away, or move away if you move towards it. If true, this could be due to your own body's electrical field interacting with a light's similar magnetic type field. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, finally, the Brevard Fault, a major fault in shaping the Blue Ridge Mountains, does run through the vicinity of the ridge. However, according to geologists, it hasn't moved much in 185 million years, but the smaller faults around the mountains are thrust faults that are capable of sliding, perhaps as warm daytime temperatures morph into a chilly night. Brown Mountain contains quite a lot of quartz, and when great pressure is applied to quartz, it produces electricity. Mm -hmm. In a fantastic scientist experiment, scientists did. <laughs> I love this. Um, so scientists did uh, detonated dynamite on the mountain in an attempt to stimulate the lights. All oh, right. Uh, they had some success creating odd flashes of light, which is what dynamite does, but nothing as substantial as the prominent displays reported. How do we, how do you reckon we can get this to uh, do its thing? Dynamite, to blow it up. Yeah, much more dynamite, more so, dynamite than you've ever seen. <laughs> So, um, sort of wrapping this, 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 this yarn up, the, um, the brown mountain we ultimately have is a place where for over a century humans from all walks of life have described something simple, weird lights in the sky on a dark mountainside. Uh, the geologists focus on electricity or gas to explain the lights, and the conspiracy buffs focus on mind-bending plots, underground bases, or perhaps alien contact. Ooh. Interesting. I had I'd heard about the brown mountain lights, and I think I I do remember when I first heard about it was that X Files episode, mm -hmm. um, and they always kind of intrigued me. And uh, I just think about it, it's like ah oh, I should actually look into this and find out 
what, what there is. I really think the brown mountain lights are a strong case for having a real earthly origin mm-hmm. and being something quite um, quite down to earth and normal, mm-hmm. um, if not a little bit out there in terms of what we may expect in normal um, physics, yeah, and geological surveys and things like that. But um, it's got lots of kooky conspiracies where there is with it, <laughs> especially the mummified alien bodies and the planet, uh, the planet Piwan. Yeah, yeah, and going to a cave full of crystals. Anyone ever find that cave? No, but you did. Um, you did a student exchange in was it oh, sixth form at Piwan? Is that what you were? Did not. No. No, no, I did not. I think it's someone else. <laughs> Sorry, I think it's someone else. Cool. Um, strange. Uh, yep. I think what we'll do is. Take a minute break because your mic needs new batteries and um, no one will even know we've taken a break other than because I'm saying we're taking a break. So pass me those batteries. Or should I just keep recording and we'll just do it? Yeah, take a break. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be back soon. Back in a sec. And, and we're back. No, we're not really back. <laughs> Let me just stop this. And we're really back this time. So fresh batteries, but really it's not fresh. They're also dud ones, but they should be enough to get to the end. I'll get to the next sort of three and a half minutes of this off. They're getting too strange. <laughs> yeah. So shall we do that? Cue the music. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> I get to decide where Bastard. the music comes in. Actually, I'll stop it, and then I'll just start it again All right. now. <laughs> Alright, so um, Get Me Some Strange is the segment on the show where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest uh, book called Mysteries of the Unexplained, uh, found in a flea market for very few dollars, and I flick through, Tony will say stop, and when he says stop, I will stop flicking through, open it up, and read the first or most convenient (laughs) on the page. uh, mystery of unexplained nice alright so ready here I go this is a long one stop alright where have we ended up let me find this section this is a very strange one I think it's talking about tapestries and artifacts and things like that okay uh-huh so to be honest the page we've landed on is all one thing so it's really really spin again. long do you want to spin again let me just um do you want to stop the strange music and I'll play Ghost Lights by Jimmy Atkins no <laughs> <laughs> you can buy now for one US dollar or more on Bandcamp that's a deal <laughs> Why have we not done that? Um, it's the section is called anomalies. So, I mean, is is that everything? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Atkins' wife is named Chaster. That's a weird name. Oh, he's a Christian rock guy. Oh, I don't want to buy it now. I don't get it. He's a singer-songwriter from Lenoir, North Carolina, where he leads as worship pastor at Four Points Fellowship. He is married to Chasta, the love of his life, and the lead singer slash frontman for Christian rock band Secondhand City. <laughs> what a stupid name for a band. Uh, um, in my opinion. Okay, so I've just flicked to the very next page. Okay. Just because of convenience. You don't want to sit here reading 
with me reading um, pages and pages of stuff. We don't have enough batteries for that. Yeah, exactly. So the very next page has a section called Babylonian Astronomers. Okay. Uh, do so me do me real good in terms of strange. <laughs> Inappropriate. Babylonian astronomers have long been recognized as preeminent in the ancient world. A few thousand years before Copernicus, they realized that the Earth and other planets were spherical and that they revolved around the sun. Nailed it. Interesting. Absolutely nailed that. Yeah. I mean, Copernicus always gets the credit. With this knowledge, they could accurately predict eclipses of the sun and moon. Many modern scholars assumed the Babylonians developed their astronomy themselves to meet the need for accurate calculations for their complex astrology. Surprisingly, newly translated Babylonian texts indicate that the positions and motions of the stars and planets were calculated instead according to complex equations inherited from the Sumerian civilization. The Babylonians... You had a cousin who was a Sumerian, didn't you? Kind <laughs> of full of it. The, ba- the Babylonians... See, I just said baby because it's got the first four letters on one line, then a hyphen. Right, and you're like, baby, baby, baby. The Babylonians seemed seemed not to have understood the theoretical basis of these formulas, only how to use them. This is quite long as well, now that I'm here. The Sumerians had even more exact knowledge of their solar system and its place in the universe than their Babylonian heirs, whom they predate, obviously. They're dating them? Weird. <laughs> the calendar devised as early as 300 BC is the model for our calendar today, and they evidently understood a number of more arcane astronomical matters. For example, as the Earth spins, it wobbles on its axis. This causes a very gradual change, one degree every 72 years, affecting which star to the North Pole, uh, affecting which star the North Pole points to. The phenomenon is called pre- precession. A great year is the time it takes the North Pole points to get to the same North Star again, which is 25,920 years. Can I ask a question What's the unexplained part about this one? I don't know. Yeah. It's doing a lot of explaining, isn't it? It's, it's, it's actually, this is, this is not unexplained. This is explained. It's not a mystery. This is explanation. Yeah. This is a, an explanation. It feels like a real downer. Yeah. I don't know if you're worth carrying on, to be honest. <laughs> Should we do another one? <laughs> I'm kind of let down. Let me just find a cool one. It's like that's. I mean, to be fair, was it? I um, I, I did tell you when to stop. <laughs> Here we go. Do you just want to play Ghost Lights? <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a way better one. The Jimmy Carter UFO sighting. Ah, this now is a we're good talking. One. So we weren't going to do any UFO stuff. Now I've had my story with a little bit of UFO, <laughs> and we've got the Jimmy Carter UFO sighting. This yep. is a good. This is a good sighting. And yep. after that, we'll we'll send you off with Ghost Lights. <laughs> <laughs> the Jimmy Carter UFO sighting occurred on January 6, 1969. What's that in relation to when they landed on the moon? January 6, 1969? So yep. it was July 20, 1969. Uh, we've already covered that in an earlier pod, but I That was last remember. week, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Cool. Uh, in Larry, Georgia, at about 7.15pm, the former US president, who was at the time governor of Georgia, was standing out- outdoors waiting to address the local Lions Club and had a group of and a group of about a dozen people were with him. Here's the president's report as quoted in the National Enquirer, June eighth, nineteen seventy six. Reported seven years later? 
anyway. I think I think he reported it, but I think um, it was probably only picked up. Maybe Published. when he maybe when he was um, gunning to be a president, gunning to be president, maybe. Right. Um, I'm convinced that UFOs exist because I've seen one. It was very peculiar. It was a very pre- peculiar aberration. But about 20 people saw it. It was the darndest thing I've ever seen. It was big. It was very bright. It changed colors and it was about the size of the moon. We watched it for 10 minutes, but none of us could figure out what it was. Uh, that's the end of his quote. But there's a picture of um, of what I can only assume is the report. It's like, you see this repugnant, a picture of this repugnant alien. It's like, no, that's Jimmy Carter. All <laughs> 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 oh, right. In October 1973, Governor Carter filled out a detailed report from the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena to NICAP. I was about to say that needs an acronym. Yeah. In it, he estimated the object to have been about 30 degrees above the horizon, about as bright as but somewhat smaller than the moon and perhaps 300 to 1,000 yards distant. He said that it moved closer than farther away several times before disappearing. Interesting. Jimmy. Jimmy. And yeah, there's a picture of the report, so I will um, maybe chuck that on Instagram or something. That's pretty cool. Again, it like doesn't get much more reputable, right? It, it doesn't, and that's where I, I, you start to think that either I, I don't think they let presidents know about UFO stuff. Uh, I just, you mean human origin UFO or UFO in general? I just don't think they share the intel with them. The people that the people that know the information, they don't share it with politicians. Mm. I don't think they do. Yeah. I don't think the pre- I think maybe back in the day with like the idea of like Truman meeting with alien visitors mm. and things like that, that. I mean that may have happened. Yeah. But these days with sort of politicians that are around, I just don't think they share it. Mm. I just don't think that politicians these days are trusted with that type of information. It's just too secret. Yeah, and a politician, um, a desperate politician, would often use whatever they could to stay in their position. Whereas these are career military people who protect these secrets, and they're probably not shared that much or known by that many people. Yeah. The deepest, darkest stuff. Yeah, cool. Cool. So on that note, um, anything else to report? Um, I'd say if you've got a bit of time this weekend, check out Ghost Lights by Jimmy Atkins. <laughs> Nothing of value. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you like Secondhand City, his Christian rock band, um, <laughs> maybe send him a tweet. You know, let, maybe let him know that we're mentioning his name on this podcast, and uh, maybe he'll listen. Maybe. Um, speaking of Twitter, uh, to tweet at us, there's been a few people bit of action on Twitter going on of late which is cool um, so at LITS underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram would you say we're getting more love or more hate on the Twitter uh, love <laughs> more love than hate That's more good. love than hate in fact no hate so I guess we're not famous yet right <laughs> then we'll get hate <laughs> yeah can only hope we get famous enough to be hated I saw this book here I don't want to end up in my bed again no, no, um, I'm going to take a photo of it for the Instagram. He put the book in my bed last week. <laughs> Let's not talk about me. Well, not like my beard. My, my bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you had to duck away after recording, so I snuck it into your bed. So when you got home, there was this mystery of the unexplained in your bed. Got home the next morning. Hey, oh. Hey, And on that note, I'll see you next time. Toodle-loo. <laughs> no squeaky chair. <laughs>